You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. So in headline terms, there's more borrowing, more spending, more debt. Any surplus is pushed out again. Upside, immigration looks better. Tourism's helping the inflation forecast look, well, maybe heroic. Finance Minister Grant Robertson, morning. Morning, Mike. One of the international headlines, New Zealand spends up. Is that how you see it? Uh, no, it's not. I've seen a few other headlines as well, which which tell a slightly different story. Uh, there are things in here to help ease the pressure of cost of living on, on targeted groups for the most part. Uh, but actually, the bulk of the spending in this budget is about just meeting the cost pressures we've got. 79% of the new spending is on cost pressures. So yes, there is spending in here. That's what the government has to do to, to keep public services going. But I think the, the, the cost of living stuff is pretty modest, pretty practical. The cost pressures are the cost pressures you've created by closing the borders and borrowing the money and spending the money. You've got an inflationary situation you're now trying to cover off. I thought the public service was an interesting one. You've bloated the public service by 14000 They all want more money. The bill's bigger. You've got to find the money for that bill. Well, we do have to make sure we pay public servants. Yes, that's absolutely true. Um, obviously, you know, we, we've looked very carefully at the ways in which we can manage that, but we are in the same inflationary environment as everybody else. I certainly accept that. We might differ on all of the causes for that. But if you put that together with the recovery from the cyclone, that has led to some pretty challenging and difficult decisions. We have focused on delivering health and education and housing and the things that I think the government should be doing, um, but they are cost pressures and we have to pay for them. The ratings agency called it expansionary, is that fair? Uh, Only to the extent that since the December update, we have had the cyclone, and yet there is more funding there that we weren't expecting to put in place. You know, we delivered about $800 million already in terms of cyclone recovery, and, and there is about another billion over the next year. That is the cause of, of the move from it being seen as more expansionary. But, you know, also within the budget, you'll see that real government consumption actually goes down by 5% over the next couple of years. Um, that's actually the trajectory we're on, but I think most New Zealanders would want us to deal with the cyclone, and we could be having a very different conversation this morning, Mike, if we hadn't done that. Oh, of course. People in Hawke's Bay and Northland and Tairawhiti would be pretty upset with us. That is true, I and I don't think right anyone, anyone do, argues with that. It has added that. some pressure. I do, yeah, but it hasn't added all the pressure. All the borrowing, all the debt, all the expenditure is not solely cyclone-related. Take the cyclone out, you'd still be borrowing more and spending more. We would, but it would be in a, at a significantly lower level. But well, also... Going back, yes. <laughs> but going back to your earlier comments, I mean, yes, we did have to borrow a significant amount of money to get through COVID. We've had a lot of conversations over the last few years, Mike, and, and we haven't always agreed on whether that spending was required. But I do do stand by what we did. What you see in this budget is that spending coming out, as I say, a five percent decline in real government consumption, down to thirty one point five percent of GDP as our expenses by the end of this budget period. So we're on that journey. There will be a difference of opinion about how quickly you go there. Our view is we've got to take yeah. New Zealanders with us and provide them support along the way. Okay, make this quick so we don't get into an argument. The gaming treatment, it's not as good as Australia. If you're going to do something, why not at least match them? Well, it is to make sure that we can afford to, to do it. Um, our our version of the rebound is a slightly more open one than the Australian one. It allows uh, those game developers to use it on salaries more directly. Uh, and it's a start. And I think it's we've been welcomed by the secret. OK, the, the $5 script thing, for a government that targets so much, why give it to everybody when you can't really afford to? Oh, 
look, you know, we're talking about about $150 million a year here, and the actual cost of changing all the systems so that you would target it, you'd probably end up undermining yourself pretty significantly there. Uh, this is something that we can deliver. There's 3 million people who get the scripts, 29 million scripts a year. They are concentrated in many cases, a lot of older New Zealanders in there. Mm. So rather than try and muck around with means-testing right. healthcare, um, we think it's the right thing to do. School lunches, um, you've extended it. Why not target the kids that actually need it? Kate McNamara did a very good piece this less than 100,000 kids who actually need food, give it to them. You can afford to do it twice over instead of this large yes you've got where every kid gets food whether they want it or not. Well, obviously it is still targeted because it's not in every school in New Zealand at all. Um, it's pretty hard, again, within a school to do that. And actually, you know, without wanting to get into a sociological debate with you, the stigma that you would create by just giving food to the people that someone decides need it, I don't think would be a particularly healthy thing to do. Right. It's targeted to low-income schools, and it's a program, again, that saves money for those parents, helps the kids learn better. That's what we should be doing. Don't hide behind the Treasury forecast. Try and explain to me if you genuinely believe it how do you borrow more spend more increase your debt and still see inflation coming down the way they claim it's going to well it is the treasury forecast yeah, i know that, but do you, I, know you I don't, don't believe it i don't do you Right. Hand on heart? Well, I, I don't have a choice, Mike, because they, I don't get to pick and choose which forecasts we use. We have to use the Treasury's forecast. Can you explain that to them? They've actually been relatively accurate over the years, but, you know, take your point, there are other forecasts that people are making. The reason is, is because what we do as a government is not the only thing that's happening in the economy. I also think the balance of a little bit more here, a little bit more there, actually doesn't add enormously to inflationary pressures when you're looking at a whole economy that's affected by global forces and other things that affect demand. Our influence on demand isn't as big as some people would like to think it is. A little bit here, a little bit there. It's billions. But you see, Mike, I mean, these are four-year numbers that we put out there. If you think about the things that we're doing here, you know, you're thinking about $300 million a year on the, on the early childhood. That doesn't kick in until the 1st of March next year. So in terms of the immediate inflationary period, you're not worrying about that. Okay. $150 million a year on the prescriptions, $90 million on the public transport. These are practical, fairly modest amounts of money that will make a difference to groups of people but aren't part of a big spend where you do a tax cut, and that really would push sure. inflation up. Right. So, so uh, Westpac and AS, ANZ, I think it was ANZ this week, who said 575 or 6 for the cap on the cash rate. How can the cash rate be still going up in July and allegedly inflation's coming down? Well, bear in mind, they, they said all of that before um, we even so did. So you reckon they'll change um, their mind? I don't know. That's up to them. All I'm saying is that the, the position that we've gone come through in, these, in this budget is one where Treasury, based on the numbers that we're spending have said that inflation goes to, down to 4% and then below mm. um, next year. Okay, where do you get growth? Well, where do they get growth this year? 3.2%. So minus in Q4 last year, it'll be skinny in Q1, if positive at all. So 2, 3 and 4 are allegedly metaphoric. How the hell does that work? Well, again, um, Treasury's forecast, but what it says in here is a number of factors. The first of those is the recovery and rebuild from the cyclone, which does add activity. Tourism's come back. And the migration numbers in here are strong, you know. Um, we're up to 66,000 net migration yep. by September. That's what so I thought you would say, take... but that's inflationary. You can't have it all <laughs> ways. They, Treasury have got it all ways. We're spending more, inflation's down, and immigration surging, spending's up. It doesn't make sense. 
I think it, um, with respect, Mike, I mean, the forecast is that the Treasury do do their job and it'll be proved right or wrong. And as I say, in the past, they actually haven't done a, a bad job of being accurate. What they're doing is balancing together what's actually in the budget. And I know it's convenient for people to say that there's huge sums of money being spent here. They sound like very big numbers because we need to spend that money to keep public services going. Those things big parts of those are already factored in when people are thinking about what's going to happen over the next few years. All right, appreciate your time, Grant Robinson, Finance Minister. For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio.